Hello and welcome to Stoned in the City. This is a podcast where two stone millennials break down Sex in the City episodes more than two decades after they aired. We're real life best friends. My name is Stacy and I'm a Sex in the City virgin. And I'm Macy, your Sex in the City tour guide or slut. I, uh, oops, I might already be getting canceled. Hopefully not, but... <laughs> this show is pretty, pretty politically incorrect if we can judge by... The first episode of the first season, we're already getting into some issues that I don't think would fly today. I don't think this show would be able to be aired today. Yeah, probably not. Thinking like The Office, but you know, they're so respected in our culture. It's kind of interesting to see the differences. I mean, you've never watched Sex and the City before, right? This is your first time watching Sex and the City, or have you ever watched it before? This is my first time actually sitting down and paying attention while it was on it's been on in the background before but this is yeah first time i'm really watching that's wild to me we've been best friends since we were 14 i'm 29 now 27 and stacy's 27 and we are millennials and we have known each other a very long time but somehow i did not force her to watch sex in the city repeatedly which feels cruel of me but we're watching it now you're welcome i'm sorry here we are so I've already seen these a million times. I love these characters. I'm very invested in their storylines, and I want you to like it, but I do think that some of it's going to come across as offensive, and I may have a different take on it because I've seen it so many times. Let's see. I wonder if I'll be more forgiving or less forgiving than you will be. Yeah, I don't know. I want to try to be optimistic. Well, I guess open, not necessarily optimistic, but... Yeah. And it's um it's an interesting show. It's a show about women, it's a show about friendships, relationships. We don't live that far from New York City. We've both spent a decent amount of time there. We are familiar with the culture. We've you know, we've had different dating romantic experiences which we can kind of get into on the podcast and I think we'll relate back to our own lives from the stories that happen in the show. So, why don't we jump right into it? So, we're season 1. Episode one, the pilot episode of Sex in the City. And we have our four main girls, Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, and Charlotte. All right, read the recap. Please read the recap. All right. At a birthday party for 30-something Miranda, Carrie and her friends vow to stop worrying about finding the perfect male and start having sex like men. Carrie has several encounters with tycoon heartthrob Mr. Big. Miranda starts dating nice guy Skipper Johnston. Charlotte goes on a date with Capote Duncan, but when she tells him she won't have sex with him, she goes to a club and winds up going home with, and he winds up going home with Samantha. So I have a bunch of issues with this episode. I think every time I watch it, I have new new issues with episodes, but I also like them more. So let's just jump right into one of our, one of our characters. You pick one of our four girls. Let's start with Miranda. Okay, let's start with Miranda. So Miranda starts out by telling us a story, a very sad story about a woman who has a complete mental breakdown because she turned 41 and was unable to get any more dates. Even though before that magical age, she was dating all the time and had tons of men, which is an interesting way to introduce someone to a character. She comes off immediately as cynical. Yeah, definitely. When she, uh, before she said the character or the friend moved to Wisconsin, I thought she was talking about herself, but framing it as a friend. Like, you know, when you're embarrassed to say something, you say, well, my friend, you're asking for advice. 
Um, so I think she definitely is jaded. She's had really bad experiences with men and she's just really turned off and maybe this way to protect herself. Yeah. I mean, she even says that all men suck. Yeah. I think it's crazy to generalize it all that. I understand having high standards, but I feel like, you know, if she's, she's really, uh, I don't know, not doing herself a favor with that attitude. Agreed. Agreed. Cause she's shutting herself off from all nice guys that could possibly exist because Mm -hmm. if if you can't even acknowledge the possibility that someone could be nice to you then they probably won't be yeah it's hard to see it which we see with skipper um who confuses me and i don't really want to see on my tv anymore but i unfortunately spoiler alert spoiler alert um i'm gonna be doing that a lot spoiling things probably because i've watched the show so many times i'm gonna try not to and let you come to big things by yourself uh the listeners will know what i mean by that uh <laughs> i think i get it <laughs> you think you get it because he's in the first episode guys it's crazy right from the beginning so we meet skipper through carrie and she sets him up with miranda even though she says that miranda will hate him yeah i thought that was a pretty weird thing of her to do kind she, of mean in a way does she hate skipper does she hate miranda what are we supposed to think about that I'm not really sure. Um, But they do meet, and I think Skipper, although not my type, and I thought made to look very unattractive, um, I think the actor was done dirty by the makeup and hair and wardrobe, as was Miranda. Cynthia Nixon is a beautiful person, beautiful woman, and she looks very weird. Her hair looks very weird. Yeah, it looks like a toupee. And her collars are far too large far far too large but it was the late 90s so we're gonna cut some slack i'm gonna cut some slack so they're out and he's making some kind of funny jokes i thought she says she opens the door she says we're in a room full of models i'm the only woman here that weighs more than 100 pounds yeah i thought that was like kind of cynical to say and he comes right back with yeah it's like we're at a under eaters anonymous meeting I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, it was funny because he's showing, like, he appre- it was sarcastic of her to say he had a sense of humor, you know, matching her sarcasm while not, you know, insulting her. But she kind of took it the wrong way, right? She's like, well, what did she say if I can't be... She basically made it seem like beautiful. he was saying there was only two categories of women. You could only be beautiful or interesting because she can't possibly see that he's just trying to have a witty repartee, a witty banter with her. Yeah. Uh, Because she's already shut him down mentally. She's already completely checked out and not engaging in this possibility. Yeah. So nothing he said would be fine. But there's two types of women. There's interesting women and beautiful women. Yeah, that's so black and white of her, too, to think. I mean, I guess because she's a lawyer and it kind of makes sense that I think my family says lawyers can't really see the gray. It's either this or that. But I don't know. I think that's being so close-minded, you know, just as a person, you have to try to see in the middle. People aren't this and people aren't that, you know, people are usually a mix of something. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll see her grow, you know, because we have six seasons to go. But right now, I do think that's where she's at. I think that she's in a very jaded, cynical point in her life. And it really shows on this date or whatever it is with Skipper. But for some reason, it takes very little to... Um, turn this into gross kissing. Oh, okay. yeah. Their kissing was horrible. It was like they're pecking each other on the lips. It like, was, it I guess was, that's the 90s way, though. <laughs> it was definitely him. It was definitely him because Cynthia Nixon can kiss on camera. It was definitely him. It was all gross. 
I didn't really understand the transition that happened. She wasn't into him. She was walking away. And then all of a sudden he was like, come here. And then she threw him against the wall and kissed him. Yeah, that was kind of weird to me. Like, why, what about that made her change her mind, you know? like Was it supposed to be hot? I don't know, because he did it so passively. I guess was nice, because like, he was respecting her boundaries. But I don't know. It just really didn't do it for me, personally. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I wish he was not on the show going forward. <laughs> I'm sorry to spoil that for you. But... All right, so why don't we uh, pick Samantha or Charlotte? I feel like their storylines are intertwined. Um, let's but, start with Charlotte, because I feel like she was she was honestly more boring. Charlotte is a little bit boring. Yeah. She's a little bit that of... That was my first impression. Buddy-duddy. A doormat, honestly. I mean, I'm glad... that's what, That was my very first impression. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad she was standing her ground um, with the guy. I forget his name. Capote Duncan. Oh, yeah, Capote. Oh, Duncan. Capote Duncan, what a name. And he's wearing a tuxedo, and it's just, like, Oof. always a weird look. I don't know. I'm not really into the tuxedo look. Oof, a suit is better. Oh, yeah, to go to chaos, Club uh. Chaos. We'll get to that. So it seems like they go on a perfectly lovely date, and she wants to play by the rules. So she tells him she has to get up early, and she needs to leave. And he acts like the perfect gentleman, gets her a cab, but then what happens? And then he tells the taxi driver to go to two stops ahead to chaos a club because he needs to have sex that night he needs to have sex that night crazy he couldn't even get his own cab he couldn't just wait until her cab drove away it's like you really want to save on half the cab fare he was clearly never going to call her again clearly so rude so rude he only wanted to have sex and he got his wish he did because after samantha tries to hit on mr big which we'll come back to she's she's feeling a little dejected i think is what we're supposed to infer as the audience oh you know what i wasn't even thinking about her feeling dejected from the first advance i was just thinking about like that hurt about her and her whole life yeah oh and i don't want to get too political but she does say mr big is the next donald trump which oh. <laughs> is triggering to me because I know that Donald Trump comes up multiple times in this series because he was already very famous at that point and he was in New York City a lot and he was like a legendary figure and he is in an episode or two of Sex in the City. So it'll have to come up. We'll try to dodge it as best we can, but there will be more references to Donald J. Trump. Yeah, as a cultural reference, not as a political re- reference. He wasn't even on The Apprentice yet. It was yeah. <laughs> it was before that. So really going back. So we hadn't really mentioned that Carrie wants to know if you can have sex like a man. Samantha thinks oh, yeah. that you can. Charlotte thinks you can't. Miranda didn't really give an opinion. No, she didn't. She didn't. I don't think I she... I wonder c- when's the last time she got with a man. That was my impression, too, as a first-time watcher. Interesting. When was the last time she was with a man? Interesting, interesting. Um, I think she is in a dry spell. That's what my guess is. We don't know, because it's obviously the first episode. Mm, okay. But I do think that she dates a lot. Um, but yeah, I could see. I could see getting that impression. So having sex like a man, I also think is super politically incorrect and super offensive and gender normative and heteronormative and not representative. And we were kind of talking a little bit off mic about how sometimes gender roles don't always match what society expects of us. And, you know, how much has that really changed since 1998? You know, how much progress have we made? Is it good to make progress? Are some of these rules there for a reason? I don't know. 
I really don't. I um, Do you think it's possible to have sex like a man? Do you think that that's a thing? I don't know. I don't. I don't like that term. Have like sex like a man because I feel like it's really generalizing. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. And today, like, I feel like the country is really being divided, and I don't like that. And I feel like it is really contributing to gender roles. You know, sex like a man. Men like sex is um, emotionless for men, but you know that's not necessarily always the case. I do feel, for the most part, it is the case, especially for you know people in their twenties, like in college and all that. But yeah. Although this is a show about 30-year-olds. 30 something. That's true, that's true. They're very vague about their ages in the beginning. I think it's cuz they don't know how long the show's going to last essentially. So, oh, so to keep them in their 30s, you have to start, you know, somewhere. Yeah. You know, if they're all 38, then they're going to be in their 40s pretty soon. So it's it's sort of vague. They don't want to date themselves. So they vaguely say they're 30 somethings. Okay. Um That's a good approach. Yeah. But I mean, we both did the college thing, which definitely was a um fast and casual approach to sex for a lot of people it was anyway um i do i do think that you can have sex without emotion but i don't know if that means you're having sex like a man because i don't think all men have sex without emotion i don't think all men have that i'm gonna jump in a cab and go pick somebody up to have sex with them Mm -hmm. um but i you know I do think that Tinder is the replacement for that in yeah, a lot of ways. Definitely, because if you're on Tinder, you kind of expect that that would happen, and you talk with a person, and I don't know. I feel like if you meet someone at a club and then you decide to go home with them, that's different. You know, you already know them, and you know they're not a serial killer. At least you have a good impression that they're not a serial killer. But well, Tinder, not- you don't even see that person. You don't want to say yes, I'll go to see you, and you know it'd be a completely different person. You know, you'd be caught off guard. Oh, interesting. So do you think it's safer to meet people in bars than on Tinder? Not necessarily, but you know what the person looks like in a bar versus their pictures on Tinder. Like that time when um, there's this guy on Tinder and I thought it was one person, but it was actually the other person. Oh, yeah. That was classic. (laughs) The guy... The guy made a profile with about five pictures, four of which were group shots, and one was one uh, shot very far away of someone. And it there was one very attractive man in all four of the group yeah, shots. Yeah, and that very attractive man was the center of the picture. So I thought the very attractive man was the guy. And I'm like, hmm, you know what? Maybe I will. My first time ever just saying, like, okay, do you want to come over from Tinder? Um, and then... You actually came over, Macy, that night, and I said, okay, girl, here is the prime example of a guy who looks better with a beard than without a beard, because you don't like guys with beards. I don't like guys guys with beards. beards." It's a constant battle. So I'm swiping, and I'm showing her. I'm like, see, so he's so good looking here, so good looking here, and without the beard, like, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's not the person I think it is. It was crazy. It was like catfishing, but he sort of supplied his real picture. Could you imagine if I said, yes, come over tonight, and I opened the door, and it wasn't the person I was expecting? What do I do? I would not invite him up, but it'd be so awkward to, like, say, oh, like, I, I mean, you'd probably kidding, start bye. screaming, because you'd be, like, not recognizing him at all, because he didn't look anything like <laughs> that very tall, dark, and handsome man with a beard, which he did look better with a beard, because it was a different person who was much more attractive, and it was it was odd, I wonder how often that works for him. I don't I don't know. I hope it probably doesn't once the woman sees his own person. Yeah, that really only works as far as chatting on Tinder. Anyways. But, I mean, 
I thought it was interesting. I can kind of relate that to the first part of the episode where the British woman, I forget her name. I'm not sure if it was mentioned. I, you know, I don't even think it matters because they, in the first season of Sex and the City, they're really trying to figure out the formatting and they have these weird little side stories. But what really matters is the core four. I think that story was just to mm-hmm. demonstrate that men are terrible and will hurt you. I thought was the point of the story. It was yeah. basically like the premise me- for the yeah men show. will do whatever to get women into bed, and they have their little schemes and games. And the mm-hmm. only way to fight back is to have your own schemes and games, yeah. or you can give up and have sex like a man. Which I don't agree with. I don't think that's a very empowered stance to take at all. Like if having sex like a man is supposed to be empowering, that it's not giving up. I don't know. I agree with it in a way. I don't like the term sex like a man, but I do think that women should not, you know, be let on and just being seen as a sex object. I don't know. That's Unless, true. Yeah. Although, I, I mean, I think we have... It, it's interesting, though, because I think we had different reactions to when... Because, the, I mean, to jump to the end of Samantha's storyline... She's the one that Capote Duncan picks up after he leaves Charlotte, which mm-hmm. I don't think the girls ever find out about because he's just some random guy that neither of them are going to ever date again. Mm. Um, but we look at Charlotte and Samantha differently in the situations because Charlotte went home yeah. and Samantha came home and Samantha came home presumably just for sex from the bar. And I think we had different takes on what happened. Yeah. My perception was because at the end they showed her after um, he said that, or she said that she had to leave early. He said it first. Okay. So yeah, he said that she would have to leave because he had to wake up early. And she said, oh, that's fine. I have to wake up early myself anyway. Kind of like deflecting it. Um, And then they panned up to her face and she looked really, really sad. So to me, it looked like, you know... She was really, really confident at the restaurant talking about having sex like a man. But when now she's actually having sex with a man, she doesn't look happy. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice for the director and for the writers and whoever went into the decision. Kim Cottrell, obviously, who plays Samantha, um, because she made the face. And I agree. I think that face did look a little bit sad. I think she felt like he was using her. And I could see that not being a good feeling but i just think that it's interesting that we're watching my perception anyway is we're watching two people do the same thing we're watching two people essentially get rejected by the person they were trying to have sex with the first time Mm. and then going and having sex with their second choice randomly drunkenly and for samantha it's giving up and for him it's just fulfilling his sexual need but maybe she has sexual needs too And maybe that's all it was. And maybe he's just an asshole for saying you have to leave before they even did anything. I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know when you should say you can't sleep over. (laughs) Yeah, that's a that's a a hard thing to bring up because you don't want to say it too soon because you also seem too confident and cocky and that they would even want to come to your place in the first place. It's very presumptuous to say you can't sleep over. It implies you're going to get in the bed. Yeah, but at the same time, when you're already there and the person was expecting a different answer, they wanted to stay, you know, they're already there, so... But did she want to stay? Because I don't know if she did or not, but I think that she She just... She looked like she did. She wanted to be appreciated for herself and not for, you know, a means to his end. He needed to have sex, and it didn't matter who it was. It was just a person, and she was that person. Like, she wanted to be, Samantha, I want to have sex with you because you are Samantha. That's what I thought. 
it's interesting because I do think that that is sort of what we're supposed to infer. But from just everything I know about Samantha and everything that I feel personally, like, I don't perceive it that way. I think that they're both doing the same thing. And it's just, it's the male versus female, how Mm. we look at it. Um, Because I think they're both just fulfilling a sexual need. And maybe she would prefer to be in the position of power because he kind of took power over by being the one to draw the boundary and say this is just sex like to verbalize Mm. something is different than to have a unspoken agreement which is what i thought they had okay but some people need to verbalize things yeah which is also fine because you should be honest yeah that makes sense you know you don't want to also that guy at the beginning of the episode i would say is probably worse for leading that woman on and then ghosting her agreed and they're similar storylines sort of i mean it's sort of the opposite yeah, that's what I noticed and that I liked at the restaurant. You could kind of see the parallels between the characters. Like, Miranda was very cynical about men. And Samantha was, you know, just using men's for sex or having sex like a man. But Carrie was thinking more, you know, about it more in open terms. Maybe, like, romance would be there or passion. Um, and Charlotte, you know, sounds like she really wants something serious or she wants to be respected for herself and wants that relationship. So it's interesting to see how they kind of, their beliefs line up with each other and all yeah. that. It definitely, I do think you get like a little taste of each of their archetype and their views on relationships, which is kind of the crux of the show, mm-hmm. is these four women and their views on relationships that they have with men, that they have with each other, that the other ones have with men and women occasionally. And um, I don't know. I mean, I wrote down, does she look sad or horny? I, I think that the mm. look could have been interpreted either way. And just a weird director's choice. It was just sort of weird because other than that, I think that she was fine with it. And I don't think that she wanted to date him. And I don't think that that's Samantha's end goal usually. Mm. But I also have the benefit of watching so many hours of Samantha Jones wreck everybody. Oh, <laughs> she's amazing. Oh, amazing. Amazing. But it's not like she's heartless. She does. She does value love. She values relationships. Mm -hmm. And I do too. But as we were talking about off mic, I'm a woman and I don't believe that sex and emotion are always tied. I don't think that you have to... I don't think relationships are necessarily the end goal of sex. I think that the things can be separate. I understand the connections, obviously. And I think it's definitely a bonus if that's a connection. I think it's very important for a relationship to have sex. I think... That's a great way to start a relationship sometimes, but I don't think they're the same thing, and I don't think that it's always the end goal of having sex with someone is to get another date or lock it down or have some sort of commitment, but I think that a lot of people would disagree with me. Yeah, yeah, so you're just doing it kind of to fulfill a need or just because it's fun and an activity, I guess. Yeah, like, but I think that... Yeah, like it's a, you know, it's a date. Whatever. No commitment. Whatever, you're at a bar. I don't know. I, I mean, I I could see why Capote is saying you can't sleep over because he doesn't want to give the wrong impression because he's probably brought a lot of women home that in the morning wake up and make him breakfast and stuff and he doesn't want that. Yeah, you know what? That is true. I appreciate that. I think that was good of him to do. Because, yeah, what is she expecting, realistically? If you I, take as an older woman who has that experience, especially, if you are being taken home by a man after meeting at a bar, like, do you really think, you know, what is he liking you for? What's he valuing you for? Yeah, um, I think they both know why they're there. Yeah, yeah. He just was kind of a dick about drawing his boundary. Yeah, but he could have done it more smoothly. Yeah, he could have. But he wasn't that smooth 
I don't know. Yeah. It's not like he was that great. I don't did think. Did he ask her if she was okay with it? I forget. I think he might have. I hope he did. I think he, I mean, he sort of said it in a roundabout way, but it was, it was just clear that this, my message from it was, this is a one-time thing. Okay. That's my takeaway from it, is that he was saying, this is just what it is, but this is not going to turn into more. Okay. But I do agree that the way you phrase things and like the way you say things, it could be offensive pretty easily. Um, cause nobody wants to feel like they're being rejected or that they're not desired. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, I guess this is controversial, but, um, I guess when the Me Too movement first started, said he's Ansari, I'm not sure to, from what I heard, I'm not sure if this is the case or not, but it kind of sounded like the one was just kind of, or he was awkward and he wanted to have sex with her after the date, after she went home with him and she said no. I think he was okay with it. He was just like really awkward. I don't know. I actually don't really know what happened with Aziz Ansari. I don't know if we're allowed to like him or not. Or not again. I'm I not, like him. Whatever. I'm not really sure. He seems okay. You know, I didn't think he was that funny before, so it's not a big loss to me. Oh I, gosh. I Master personally, of none was horrible. I personally, though, uh, will never cancel Louis C.K. So that may also get oh, me canceled. I know ooh, that controversial is, take. I know that he is a creep, but uh, all his jokes are about being a creep. Like it wasn't. <laughs> He didn't actually, I, I mean, maybe someone could prove me wrong. Leave us a review, leave us a comment, and let me know how wrong I am about Louis C.K. It's totally possible. I am not that informed. I don't read that much on the topic, but I think he's very funny, and I loved his show. I've watched all his stand-up routines, and he makes a lot of jokes about doing gross sexual stuff, but it's mostly to himself, and it's a lot of Ooh. masturbation jokes, and... I think they're funny. So I don't know. Maybe I'm awful. That's what I'm learning from this episode so far. Mm. But whatever. I'm, I mean, someone let me know why I should cancel him. And maybe I will. Because maybe I just don't know. Yeah. Let us know. But I love him. So please don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, so she was sad. She was horny. Maybe it was both. Probably both. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully the sex was good. I really hope so for her. I really hope so, too. And I think it probably was. Yeah. And you know who else had great sex that episode? Carrie. She did. She had sex like a man. She did. And I was so happy for her. Apparently having sex like a man is getting oral sex and then leaving. I feel if the guy did it to her in the past, I feel like that's kind of what happened. I was like, more power to her. But, like, let's be honest. Has that that never happened to you? Oh my gosh, or am I, I just pathetic? I haven't I've have watched this episode like 200 times and I've never thought You're right. She's probably directly repaying him from a time he did that to her cuz she said that she's been with him four times. Like I think she's dated him four times. So yeah. probably at some point she just blew him and he left. And I agree, guys do that. Totally. But I was just thinking that that's what she thought having sex with like a man was, but you're right. I think she was directly Yes, yes, because I got it first. I may not have picked up on that, but there was an American Pie movie, I forget which one, where the girl did that, or I don't know, something like that happened. Um, The guy, you know, went down on her, and then she's like, oh, all right, peace, gotta go, (laughs) like, got my revenge. So I was really happy for Carrie that she did that, and she got her revenge, but it wasn't really revenge, was it? I still maintain that it was, but my co-host disagrees. She disagrees. And and I think it's a valid argument. I think that Carrie still got hers. I think that he still got checked. But I think that she was disappointed 
that he wasn't more upset is that what she was he was going she was going for should he have been more rejected yeah, she, she was upset she felt rejected so she wanted him to know how she felt when he did that to her hmm. but it turns out she actually did him a favor because he was already in a relationship as he you know talks to her says he appreciates what you know they have and she can call him whenever and then goes back to another woman and starts making out with her he didn't say he was in a relationship he says whenever i'm available i'm yours oh which just means I'm not going to date you. I don't think he was in a relationship. Oh, okay. But well, they've already dated. Doesn't care. They've already like, dated four times. Stanford, her stereotypical gay friend. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they do that character dirty, so so dirty. I mean, I love Stanford, but he really. I, I, we'll get into it. He's not that big in this episode, but anyway, yeah. So I agree that I do think that she was getting him back for that, and guys do do that because guys think that. Not all guys. We're going to try not to generalize too much. We'll generalize a little bit. We're going to generalize a lot. But sometimes we won't generalize. It's not realistic. Sorry. Okay, so to generalize, uh, (laughs) men think sex is over when they orgasm often. and It kind of is, though. I mean, debatable. Their dicks get soft. Yeah, but there's other things. But that's boring. Come on. Okay, but don't you think it's polite? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I would probably rather have sex than just... If I was expecting sex, I would want to have sex. Sure. But I think that also, if I'm, like, close to having an orgasm, you should just... Oh, yeah, definitely. But I'm not going to be close to an orgasm if I'm, like, blowing him, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely not. Um, oh, I'm that, still on just the blowjobs. We're thing. still on just the blowjobs. Yeah. I was kind of thinking of guys that come too quickly. Um, but either either way, it's the same problem. Yeah. But you could do a lot with oral sex. You can do a lot with your fingers. You do a lot of fingers. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking PSA for all the younger listeners out there. I don't know if we have an age restriction. Or I really, I really the doubt there are younger know. listeners. But by chance, if you are a younger girl, stand up for yourself. Do not, <laughs> no, yeah, do not give a guy a blowjob and say he has to go. Like, I mean, you can't like demand sex from him, but like, don't. Put yourself in a situation like that. Respect yourself. So do what Carrie did. Get yours. Yes. Get your, oh, girl, you are, you deserve it. Yes. Why does he get to have one and you don't? Yes. Like, honestly, there are other things that can be done. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big advocate of, like, fingers and, you know, effort. I think those are important things. Those are my values, okay? Mm-hmm. So my only values and I will stick to them. I think that it is important for it's not the goal of sex necessarily, although it kind of is. But I think it's it's nice if everybody comes. Yeah, definitely. I think that should be the goal. Yeah. And I think that for some people it's really hard to have orgasms through just sex anyway. A lot of women can't have mm-hmm. orgasms just through intercourse. I mean, there's other options. There's other things. That's why cosmopolitan magazine exists that's why sex in the city was on tv to teach us about sex so that people didn't think that like the terrible missionary sex that they were having with their husband that they met when they were 16 is the only kind of sex you could ever have i think this show was revolutionary eye-opening for a lot of women for me as a 12 year old but also for for middle-aged women in the midwest and for girls in college and all different kinds of ages of women i think that this show had a lot of impact it was in the zeitgeist and i think that it changed a lot of women's perceptions of sex 
and maybe you can't have sex like a man because that's not a thing but you could have sex like carrie on sex in the city yeah i like that be confident yeah but when she left kurt's house really the most important thing happened she dropped her purse and her condoms i'm glad she's safe yeah but she didn't need them because she just got eaten out Oh, you know what? She's prepared for whatever happens. Yeah, she has leftover condoms because she didn't waste any on Kurt. She's wasted enough condoms on Kurt. Yeah. I hope. Well, a no condom is a waste. Another PSA. Protect yourself. Very, very true for the younger listeners. I thought you were going to warn the listeners that they shouldn't listen to us because this is filthy, but you were actually warning them to get their orgasm on, which is better. It's a better warning and more applicable. So, um, I agree. (laughs) I agree. Anyway, so she drops all her condoms all over the floor. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker is an amazing physical actress. She does great physical comedy. She really does. She's hysterical. And I love every time she drops things, every time she knocks things over. It happens all the time. She's very clumsy. I'm so glad you said that. I'm going to watch out for that. I don't think I would have noticed that. And as a clumsy person, I always identified with Carrie in that way. I feel like at different points in my life, I've identified with the different characters and I think as we go through I mean they'll have different stories and you'll identify with different parts of their stories Mm -hmm. but I've watched this at different points in my life and identified with different people because they're going through so many phases and um so I've always kind of identified with Carrie because she drops everything she breaks things she's kind of a mess she runs around in heels which I don't do but she she falls down she falls down in fancy places she falls down in fancy outfits and I always do that so for me it was kind of nice to see someone who had one of my flaws be the star be the heroine of a tv show yeah I'm excited to see it especially her fashion choices um or it's not like directly related to clumsiness no but it it's part of it because part of it's her fashion choices oh because her crazy heels yeah I think that plays a part it's not my excuse her but impractical outfits she has very impractical outfits but they get better and better and crazier and crazier I was and say, more find better more and more expensive oh yeah Is she's her big funded Is that I a mean spoiler? are we looking for labels or are we looking for love it's mm. both Mm. this is gonna be a journey through both which stacy if anybody loves labels it's not you (laughs) it's not you but you will be horrified at the amount of money she spends on things Uh, so that'll be fun for me personally so anyway she runs into mr big hey oh so good to see him i've watched the show a bunch but i did not realize he was in the first episode i don't know how i didn't know that isn't that interesting you we were probably going to find so many new revelations yeah like, and new things and i just thought he was there the whole time now i'm gonna immediately give myself some enemies i'm a big stand i identify with big as well i think that big and carrie are very similar in certain ways um certain ways that are flawed and unflattering and they're both kind of messes in similar ways which we'll see happen but i think it's very relatable and very real and perfect characters are boring to watch nobody wants to watch a million charlottes Mm. do what she did in this episode and not have any growth and not have any mistakes yeah she was pretty boring yeah she was kind of boring and carrie was not boring carrie was all over the place and i don't think that maybe you should aspire to that necessarily but i do think that it's it's interesting to watch someone fuck up 
because we all fuck up and dating is complicated it's hard i i've been in a relationship for a long time and i i fuck up and i've dated people where i've definitely fucked up and sometimes things work out sometimes they don't but i think you learn things as you go and it's it's all part of the journey and carrie is a sexual anthropologist yeah what a title to give yourself when you're a sex columnist yeah, I do like the introduction to the column. I think that that was nicely done. Uh, I can't wait for the weird documentary thing to go away, but the column is an overarching thing, which is pretty cool to that watch. cool. Yeah. It reminds me of my childhood. We had, um, gosh, the New York Post, I think, and there'd be the sex articles on, like, Sunday, and I'd always, like, read them, but, like, make sure my mom was in the room, so, like, cause she didn't let me read them. She didn't really let me read that, and, like, Dear Abby, so I always had to, like, try to sneak it and, like, read it when she wasn't looking. How horrible is that? I'm just picturing, like, you trying to sneak Dear Abby up the stairs, <laughs> ripping it out, like, taking one page. Yeah. Flashlight under the covers. Reading oh, it from, boy. Reading it out of the recycling bin. Yeah. Oh my gosh, because that would have so traumatized you. Oh my god. Anyway. I mean, as I've said, I watched the show very inappropriately young. So I <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should censor kids because it, it maybe messed me up. But <laughs> I don't know because I identify with Samantha so much and Mr. Big so much. And I think that most people would think that those are not the characters you want to identify with. But up and down. It's up and down. It's, you know, it's absolutely fucking great. I think this show is absolutely fucking great. And I hope you liked the first episode. I did like it. I liked how you got a picture into each character and their backgrounds and what they value or seem to value. Um, They all have different personalities. So, and yeah, it's still a big cultural, I don't know, landmark. uh, Miles, I don't know. Yeah, Touchstone? Yeah, sure. You know, people, everybody knows sex in the city, I think. I don't know. I don't really talk to younger people, but... Lightning in a bottle, though. But, well... They're making the remake. They're making a remake without without Samantha. So we'll see what it looks Mm. like. They're doing COVID filming. We'll see what happens. I I heard it's about COVID, which I don't really want to watch that. But I don't know how they're going to do it without Samantha. I'm worried about Samantha's mortality, kind of, for the... I don't understand how the series... imagine? They're just like, oh, she died. Like, (laughs) she moved away. She moved to Wisconsin. She was the woman. Oh, my gosh. Miranda was talking about. That would be a deep cut. Oh, that wow. would it's be like a time warp. <laughs> that would be some Harry Potter level deep cut. Uh, I don't know if the something from the first episode is going to come back like that, but we'll see. We'll see because we'll be watching it because we'll still be recapping because we're going to we have about 100 episodes to go wow. of Sex and the City because there are six seasons um, and six A and B are technically oh. their own seasons, but they're not that long. And then there's two movies and then there's going to be a new series, which may or may not be watchable. Wow, so much sex. Can't wait. But do you think that this lived up to your expectations? Like, is this what you thought Sex in the City was like? Honestly, I didn't have too many expectations. I was never interested in watching it for some reason. Um, I don't know, but... Bad taste, obviously. Uh, hey, I guess thank you for introducing it. You don't want to watch people smoke in bars? I so know, fascinating. Yeah, that was crazy. I love it. Such Isn't that so interesting how that was, you know, just a regular part of everyday life but now it's like wow, you're smoking inside like what you can't even have your exposed face anymore we're in mass mm-hmm. culture still i hope that when you're listening to this it's it's a little better a lot better <laughs> a lot better it's got to get better it will but i want to go back to smoking in bars i think i want to go that much better 
just go to Florida. I remember I went to Florida <laughs> for spring break, and then you were allowed to smoke in bars. It was actually pretty great. You smoked in a bar, like, recently? No, when I was on spring break. In Florida, yeah, okay. Yeah, back in college. Way that's, long ago. That's still not that long ago. You're 27, so you went five years ago to Florida, and they let you smoke in a bar? Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, that's cool. I actually want to do that. Yeah, they had like uh, ashtrays on all the tables. I don't even. Bumped. I don't even really smoke, but I, I'm gonna for that. It was just so easy. I'm gonna just drinking. You know, it was spring break or in college. Yeah, I mean, it, this will come up later, but there's nothing like a cigarette with a cocktail. Sorry, kids, if you're listening, never try a cigarette. Always use condoms. But you're probably not listening because I doubt kids are watching Sex in the City. Everybody's probably our age or older. Or maybe a little bit younger. I wonder if they'll get a big revamp, though. It, it is on HBO. Um, all the movies are on Netflix. And a lot of people watched the movie before they watched the show. So there are younger... Because mm-hmm. I watched the movie in high school, which was a very cool experience. And I'll get into it on another episode of the podcast. But I think that a lot of people went back and watched the show after that. So there mm-hmm. are younger people than us that watch this. and But I don't think teenagers now mm-hmm. i don't know any teenager, teenagers though yeah yeah i don't know any children i don't think children should watch sex in the city yeah i wouldn't really be talking about <laughs> sex in the city with the child either yeah hey so. <laughs> have you watched sex in the city yeah <laughs> i mean it's only two decades old so Can you believe she dropped the condoms like do you even know what condoms are there was Random's child they had reservoir tips oh my god I really think that that is part of the be- like part, one of the best things of the episode, other than absolutely, which I just found charming as all hell. Speed I, away, sure. I mean, I love a guy with a car with a driver. Come on, like, are you rich? Are you the next Donald Trump? Rich? Like, oh. how rich are you? I want to see some tax returns. Yeah, that town car was kind of janky. It, it wasn't was. that good. It lo- I mean, I guess you have a driver, so that's pretty cool. But if I had a driver, my car would be nice. I think the budget for the first season was just pretty low. Yeah, it was really interesting to see how it was filmed and how the shots are filmed and how it's just so much different from what's filmed today. For sure. It gets a lot brighter. It gets a lot more colorful. It gets a lot lighter. Just it, like the outfits. But the, the, <laughs> the plot gets thicker and the lighting gets better. Oh, can't wait. So, and these are beautiful, stunning, very talented actresses. I am completely biased, but I think that um, they really had something amazing with this cast and the chemistry they all have together, whether it's real or not, it, it works on screen. And I love to watch it. I love to watch them talk to each other. It reminds me a little bit of our friends because I feel like our Aww. friends are pretty inappropriate too, which is great, you know? It is great. Maybe we'll get some of them on here on this podcast at some point, and they can be inappropriate, too, because they are. Oh, that'll be so much fun. It'll be so fun. All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts for our sex heads, our stoner heads? Because, you know, I think we should pack another bong. Celebrate our first podcast of Stoned and the City. Stoned and the City. Yeah. Stacy and Macy coming at you. All right. So I had a thought and I couldn't help but wonder when our next episode will be. 